Plants capture CO2. What if we could help industrial plants capture it too? Think how we could help lower emissions. It's one way ExxonMobil is helping industrial plants be more like plants. with us on this Thursday afternoon as we make our way, believe it or not, the final regular season wow. game of the year. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. And uh, you know what? There is plenty on the line. Teddy Bruschi, Darren Woodson, Adam Schefter. I'm Wendy Nix. We will take a look now first at the AFC playoff picture where just one team, and that's the Patriots, has clinched a division title. Three other teams have certainly secured spots in the tourney, the Chiefs, the Chargers, and the Texans, but they don't know exactly where they'll land. We'll look now at all eight of the teams in the AFC playoff picture. We'll start with the Chiefs, currently the top seed in the AFC, but most likely need to win Sunday to lock it up and earn home field advantage throughout the playoffs. Obviously, led by the outstanding play of quarterback Patrick Mahomes, Kansas City have played their way into a pretty good spot. We will say hello as well to our Hall of Fame quarterback, Steve Young. And Steve, when you look back now, at least almost with the full season in the books, at the first full season as a starter for Patrick Mahomes, what stands out? I think it's the fact that his first inaugural kind of pass through the league has been astronomically successful. I mean, look at all the – name a great quarterback and tell me their inaugural season, or even early on, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady – Go back to Dan Marino, you know, even he, everyone struggled a little. Dan had probably the best uh, inaugural season. But John Elway, Troy Aikman, uh, anybody, they don't, they, you struggle in the NFL. You don't just run through. And then the other thing is the all-time greats, when I watch them play, I always say to myself, they make it look easy. It makes it look like I could go do that. And even the Michael Jordans, it's like the guy, and that's what Patrick Mahomes, when you watch him, it's like, man, he makes playing quarterback look really simple. And he's young. This is nuts. And in this league, I know it's offensive-centric. I know the, 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 the rules have kind of gone for the, for the offense. But you can see quarterbacking is one of the most difficult jobs in the world, and he's made it look easy. He, he has made it look easy. It's been fun to watch. Steve, we'll be back with you in just a minute. As I mentioned, the Patriots clinched the AFC East, their 10th straight division title. They need a win against the Jets, though. That's their final game to secure their current playoff position. New England currently the two-seed in the AFC. And, Teddy, what stands out about this current Patriots squad? What I want to see is their offensive identity, if you will, almost having to establish what they've wanted to be the last few weeks, and that's running the football, a power football running game with Sony Michelle, now that Rex, Rex Burkhead's back, James White, and then the play-action pass. That's a lot different than people are used to seeing with Tom Brady being the quarterback and him throwing for 4,000-plus yards. This is now a power-running football team. Mm. That's what they want to be. So do they continue that? Because this is a game plan philosophy of offense do they see something against the Jets that that they want to exploit in the passing game I say stick with this running game because it's where it's, it's got you to here and those running backs are weapons you no longer have Josh Gordon so now that running game is critical for the success not only of the Patriots offensively but the health of your quarterback get them to the bye week and then after that after you have established that two seed Divisional round, here you come. They are doing it in a different way than they have in seasons past, but that's okay. They're capable of doing that. The Houston Texas Texans are headed to the postseason. Deshaun Watson and company are the number three seed. Again, that's the way things stand right now. Darren, what are you watching with the Texans? Well, it's going to start on that defensive side of the ball, and that's J.J. Watt, Merciless, and uh, Jadavian Clowney. Those guys have to really start to put pressure on opposing offenses, especially in the month, this month, going into the playoffs right now. Listen, we understand what they are is on the offensive side of the ball. They're trying to protect Deshaun Watson. The defense is going to have to step up and not only sack the quarterback, but take the ball away on the back end. There's some very good football players on the back end of that football team. Tyron Matthews won, uh, Joseph on the outside. The talent that they have defensively, they can overpower some football teams, especially in the tournament. I'd like to see that defense really step up. It doesn't seem like that long ago that Deshaun Watson was driving to a game yeah. because he couldn't fly with that lung issue. It's been a crazy season. Mm. The Ravens, the current four seed, they will host the Browns on Sunday. Now, Cleveland can throw everything out of whack with a win, but Baltimore, of course, would like nothing more than to close out the regular season with a win and move on. Shefty, 
What are you watching here? I'm watching a team that is haunted by December's past, a team that last year lost in the same spot to the Cincinnati Bengals that has been waiting one year for this opportunity. And in the course of that one year, has made a big quarterback change, going to Lamar Jackson over Joe Flacco. We remember the game they lost, the one that made millions of dollars for Andy Dalton's charity when the Bengals pulled the upset in Baltimore. Who would have thought in Week 17 that Cincinnati could go into Baltimore and win that game? And now here comes the Cleveland Browns and Baker Mayfield to face Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. Similar spot, different quarterback, and the Ravens excise those demons that have been staying with them since the Bengals beat them one year ago. All right, we're going through all eight teams in the AFC playoff picture. We'll move now to the West Coast and led by the excellent play of quarterback Phillip Rivers. The Chargers have quietly put together a solid season. L.A. right now the five seed in the AFC. And we'll turn back now to Steve Young. Steve, what do you make of Phillip Rivers' season? Well, first of all, he's got a lot of help, Wendy. I mean, he hasn't had that much help on defense and the weapons around him. We've talked about that all season. When he has, a, when he has that kind of help, he's a probing kind of quarterback. He's going to take chances. And when he doesn't have the help, he's a two-to-one, two-touchdown-to-one-interception guy. He's gotten to three-to-one, 31 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. And that is really his 107 rating for Philip Rivers says that he's getting a lot of help because he can take the chances and people make up the other the other side of it. They don't, you know, they can make up for a, ba- a big mistake or a bad throw or a throw that's 50-50 or even a 40-60 throw that Philip loves to throw. So in my mind, if he can be a 3-1 to one touchdown to interception ratio going to the playoffs and have 107 rating, this is going to be tough to beat a Philip Rivers like that. All right, Steve, back with you for quarterback spotlight in just a minute, but we'll continue with these teams headed for the postseason, or at least hoping to, which is the case for the Colts. They started their season one and five. Now, India is the sixth seed, but they are not guaranteed to play in the postseason. The Colts essentially face a one-game play in, Teddy, with the Titans on Sunday night. Yeah, lots of good things about the Colts offense and Andrew Luck and T.Y. Hilton, Eric Ebron, Marlon Mack, those type of players. But I'm going to flip it over and look at that Colt defense because their run defense, how they've been playing as of late, stopping backs like Saquon Barkley, shutting out the Dallas Cowboys, how defensive coordinator Matt Eberflus has done, have done it with scheme, the movement, the pirate stunts along the defensive front to free up Darius Leonard and those linebackers. Countless tackles for losses. Saquon Barkley has looked great all year, but not against these Colts. Against the Titans, Derrick Henry is much more of a weapon now than he was in their earlier matchup when Deion Lewis started the game and got the bulk of the carries. It's now about stopping another hot back for the Indianapolis Colts run defense. All right, let's talk about the Titans because obviously they too have a chance to win and move on. It is win or go home for both of these teams uh, when the Colts face the Titans on Sunday, a loss means the, lo- the end of either of those two teams' season. Darren, tell me about the Titans. Well, the Titans, Teddy just said it. You're talking about the two-headed monster and especially Derrick Henry. And who's had more of an had much of an exciting season as he had in the last half here? You know, Derrick Henry is a, is a bowling ball when he touches the ball, gets to the second level, and you're watching the identity of Mike Vrabel point blank. He wants to run the ball. He wants to control the line of scrimmage on both offense and defense side of the ball. But the physicality, we're seeing the physicality of this football team, the identity really coming to fruition right now. Huge game this week against the Indianapolis Colts. The the question mark is going to be, can can Marcus Mariota, hopefully he plays, but if he does play, can they be balanced? And can this offense really get going in the running game to set up some of the play action passes? Talk about a way to end it. That Sunday night game, you win, you go, you don't, you go home. Playoffs start Sunday night. The playoffs start Sunday night, that's exactly right. Now, that's not the case for the Steelers, at least in the sense that they can't control it. They're going to have to have some help. Pittsburgh has played their way into a tough spot despite – a pretty good start to this season. They must beat the Bengals on Sunday. That is a give, given. But then they need the Browns to win on the road in Baltimore. That or a Colton's-Titans tie, which is, of course, way less yeah. likely. Uh, but in general, they have to win first and then and hope for Cleveland to win. Shefty, what are you watching? Well, to go back to our earlier discussion, go back to last year for the hope that Pittsburgh needs this weekend. All you can do is control what you can. Go out and play your game. Now, the advantage the Steelers have is it looks like James Conner will be back. Mm-hmm. And he'll be back for one last push as the Steelers try to get the victory that they have to have. But if James Conner can help them to this victory over a Bengals team that looks beaten right now, I think this Pittsburgh team will lament all the blown opportunities 
this so year. So many. Oh, so many. So many to count. <laughs> no. Starting with the fact that Le'Veon Bell never showed, showed up. up. Yeah. And then we go on to the games. The games that they lost at Denver, in the red zone, an interception, yes. at Oakland, against the Chargers, on and on. So many oh, games yeah. that went right down to the wire. Even New Orleans this past week, they had that game, and then they gave it back. And if any one of these games, and we could even go to the first week of the season, they tie the Browns. Yeah, I think go back and start there. Yeah. So there are so many to count. They have one final chance to kind of erase that all with a little help from Baker Mayfield and the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> a little help, but not impossible. Not impossible no. at Not all. impossible. Yes. And so here comes James Conner to try to give this team one last bit mm-hmm. of life in a season that looks like it could be easily slipping away. Well, Mike Tomlin said this week, James Conner, of course, doesn't have to practice to play. Uh, Adam, do you have any sense at all of where he – I mean, I, I know it's likely he'll probably play some, but will he be I, I able to contribute? Sense. Listen, he said this week he's not fully healthy, and he's not going to be the James Conner that we saw early on. But I think his presence out there alone would add something to this team, and Jalen Samuels has been pretty good with James Conner out. So if they get both those guys back, work them in, Antonio Brown, Juju Smith-Schuster, all these guys, they, they have enough to win this game and keep their fingers crossed that – Cleveland can pull a Cincinnati. You know, stranger things have happened, but you hate to be in the position where you can't control it. You know, that all you can do is wait. Only themselves to blame. But you made, yeah, you're you absolutely right. Exactly. Only, this is Tomlin said. Same uh, thing. Yep. We, what do you say? We made our bed. We'll, <laughs> we'll sleep yeah. in it. In the, in the way only Mike Tomlin can. It's got bed can. bugs right now. <laughs> it does. It's not comfy. Uh, coming up a little later, our AFC playoff predictor, which I'm told is foolproof. You know, it cannot make a mistake. So we'll, we'll know exactly what happens or what could happen. Coming up in just a bit. Now, we talked about this. Playoff races sometimes turn rivals into supporters. How about this tweet from Antonio Brown? He added a particular S <laughs> to one of those Brown jerseys, of course, because they need Cleveland desperately to beat the Ravens if they are to have a chance. And, of course, this is assuming they take care of the Bengals. But if so, they will be waiting and watching and hoping that Baker Mayfield delivers. The Dallas Cowboys are one of two teams in the NFC who know exactly where they stand. Dallas locked into the four seed. The fact that the situation is secure has led to questions, of course, regarding the status of some star players for Week 17. Here's Ezekiel Elliott. Thoughts on, on this weekend? Does the Russian title even enter your mind? And, do you, and how much do you want to play? Uh, yeah, it's definitely in my mind. The plan is to go out there and play. And, uh, you know what I mean? We just got to uh, approach this week like the same way we approached it the past upcoming weeks. You know, just come out there and we have a lot of intensity. We got to be ready and uh, just, you know, build some momentum going into this uh, wild card week. So you want to play and how many touches would you like to see on Sunday? Uh, I don't think it really matters how many touches I would like to see. And, uh, I'm playing Sunday. The New Orleans Saints are the other of the two teams that have their postseason position locked and loaded. The Saints secured the top seed with a win over Carolina. That means the road to Atlanta does go through New Orleans, allowing the Saints to make similar decisions on who they need, who needs what for the playoffs. We're where we want to be, but um, but we are going to play to win. So whoever is out there, whenever they're out there, we're playing to win. And to get 14 wins would be significant. You want to be the best that you can be when the playoffs arrive. Um, so I don't, I don't think we're worried about killing momentum or anything else because it, it's, we're not goofing around in practice. I mean, we're, we're taking practice serious. Guys, we're getting the work done and we need to get done. We're going through the process. We're going through our routine, um, preparing ourselves to play. And then, again, however that shakes out, we, we haven't been told. Um, but however that shakes out is, is, is you know, what we'll be ready for. Steve Young is back for our quarterback spotlight. But before we get to that, Steve, I do want to ask you, because everybody seems to have different thoughts on this, what's your philosophy when it comes to resting players before the playoffs? Well, when you can't just go from 100 to zero, and that's what a mistake I think a lot of coaches make, is that they want to rest everybody. And then they have to go back to 100. I think what you have to do is you've got to suit up, you got to get warm up. you got to go play the first quarter. If there's somebody at significant risk, then get them out in the first quarter, second, you know, early second. But I think most everybody play a half because I believe a half of football is equal to, you know, holding your ground. You're not going to gain ground, but you're going to hold your ground on your, on your ability to go and, you know, face the music next week in a playoff atmosphere. So I know there's some risk in putting people on the field. I get it, but it's football. In my mind, it's more worthwhile to risk them to make sure that everybody's on the cutting edge of the, you know, kind of their expectations and their emotions and their, you know, the way that they're ready to play football. 
Especially when you think about a team like the Saints who could have several weeks off. That's just a lot of time. All right, let's start, let's start with our quarterback who has the best matchup in the final week of the regular season. Well, you know what? One thing about the Cincinnati Bengals, when they go south, they go, they, they're fully committed. This team goes <laughs> into the tank like no one else. And so in my mind, you know, they got Cincinnati coming to Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, Oakland, I think they're going to they, – their back's against the wall. They know it. They have a shot here. And I suspect that the best matchup is Ben Rothstein play, playing the dumpster fire that is the Cincinnati Bengals. All right, Cincy on line one for Steve Young. Uh, listen, but we, we, we applaud the full commitment. How about a quarterback who may struggle because of the yeah, matchup? If you're going to go, go all go, in, Wendy. Go big or go, go home, Steve Young. Go big or go home. Uh, who's got a tough uh, matchup? I think Baker Mayfield. Uh, look, this Baltimore Ravens defense is no joke. And when you can bring four guys and bring the wood and with all the kind of you know unique coverages they have behind them and sophistication and experience, they're holding playoff teams under two touchdowns. And if they're going to make noise in the playoffs, they know this defense has to do that in playoff games. This is a playoff game. They're going to bring everything they have. And Baker Mayfield is going to face the buzzsaw of a playoff atmosphere of this defense who's going to try to hold him under two touchdowns. And then in that case, Lamar Jackson has plenty of room to go win that football game if they're keeping the Cleveland Browns under 14. All right. Who do you want regardless? Well, I mean, you just heard Drew Brees. I've kind of gone back and forth because people, little ins and outs of people with Tom Brady. But, you know, Drew Brees, this is this MVP season. This is the season where you're like, if he's on the field, everything's going to be okay. And at 39 years old, he and Tom are proving that the best quarterbacks are close to 40 years old or more. So in my mind, until further notice, Drew Brees is my guy no matter what. All right. That, you really can't go wrong there. How about a potential breakout quarterback candidate? Well, I, I, I think, you know, I can't remember who my breakout candidate was. Oh, yeah, Kirk Cousins. That's what it was. <laughs> I forgot for a second. All right, Kirk Cousins, to me, Chicago's going to come. They're going to they're gonna rest the guys. It's not going to be the cutting edge of their game. And Kirk Cousins has played, and, the, and I think the Minnesota Vikings have, you know, in my mind, answered the question of, you know, when they lost on Monday night against the Seattle Seahawks, I felt like that team was finished. They've answered the bell since then, and so has Kirk Cousins. I give him a lot of credit for bouncing back and kind of being able to go win some football games. I think he's going to play well. And then we see breakout. These are breakout playoff-type atmospheres when I see Kirk Cousins breaking out. All right, don't forget to stay put because we're going to play quarterback uh, yeah, no, bingo. Okay, so just, just sit right there. Uh, but we'll turn down to Adam Schefter for a storyline he's watching regarding quarterbacks in Week 17. Wendy, I think it's Eli Manning and the New York Giants and whether or not this will be the last game that he plays for the New York Giants. Before we rush Eli out the door, as they tried to do last year, and as people talked about doing this year, tell me who's going to replace him that's going to be better than Eli Manning. Have we seen anything from Kyle Lalletta or Alex Tanney that would suggest that they're the quarterback of the future? Is there a quarterback in the draft now that Justin Herbert is going back to Oregon that's better than Eli Manning? And so even though this could be Eli Manning's last game with the Giants, the signs now point to the idea that there's a distinct possibility that he'll be back again next year, certainly until the Giants can find somebody worthy enough of being Eli Manning's successor but going into this last game. Eli's potential last game would certainly be a storyline to watch. Eli closed his rookie season in 04 with a home win over the Cowboys. The question now, can he do it likewise in year 15 on Sunday? Shefty, thank you. We continue now with press coverage from the Houston Chronicle. Lamar Lamar Miller says he feels way better with his sprained ankle. The Texans face the Jaguars on Sunday in their regular season finale. Several players are chasing history over the weekend with 19 and a half sacks. The Rams' Aaron Donald needs three and a half to break Michael Strahan's record set in 2001. With two touchdown passes against the Raiders, Patrick Mahomes can join Tom Brady and Peyton Manning as the only quarterbacks with 50-5-0 in a season. Mm. The Giants' Saquon Barkley needs just 114 yards from scrimmage against the Cowboys to join Eric Dickerson and Edgerid James as the only rookies in NFL history to reach the number 2,000. Marshall Falk and Roger Craig are the only players with 1,000 rush yards and receiving yards in the same season. Christian McCaffrey can join that club with 155 more receiving yards. And the Steelers' Antonio Brown needs six receptions and Juju Smith-Schuster four to become the first set of teammates. With 110 apiece, Pittsburgh hosts the Bengals on Sunday A reminder, once again, they need to win that game to even have a shot at the postseason. Perfect time, though, for our pass catcher spotlight. 
Darren. Here we go. Yeah. Last half full. Best You're trying to wake me up. <laughs> yes, Darren needs a little yeah, everything. I'm going with that alpha dog in A.B. We just talked about Antonio Brown needing six catches. He's going to get his six catches. We saw him just last week, 14 receptions, 185 yards, and two TDs against the Saints last week. He torched that secondary. Look for him to have another big day against the Cincinnati Bengals. A.B., going to have at least 10 catches woo, this week around. Woo, woo, Again, woo. Steelers need to win. They need Cleveland to beat the Ravens in order to have a shot at the postseason. Teddy Bruschi, a tough matchup. Okay, I'll go into the, to the play-in game, Wendy. The Colts and Titans playing. And I think Corey Davis is going to have a tough matchup here. I just love the way defensive coordinator Matt Eberflus has this Colts Colt defense playing. So the Titans, Corey Davis, I think he's going to have a tough time, especially with Mariota. Is he going to force himself to play as is Vrabel going to put him out there with an arm that is somewhat compromised because of the elbow nerve issue, the stinger issue? I think they're going to lean on Derrick Henry. He's going to be the one. But through the air, Corey Davis, Titans receiver, tough day. All right. Who do you want regardless, pass catcher-wise? Well, I know it's been a tough year for Julio Jones and the Atlanta Falcons, but I'm going to go with Julio Jones this week out simply because he needs 55 yards to top his all-time best. He's going to get those 50, 55 yards this week. And when you watch him throughout the season, he never took his foot off the pedal. Played extremely hard throughout, even though they were struggling as an offense. He played extremely hard. And you're going to see him this week. With one-on-one matchups, he's going to take advantage of them. Another alpha dog mm. on the outside. Mm. Julio Jones will eat again this week. All right, fair enough. How about a breakout candidate? Everybody's going to be watching to see if Baker Mayfield can Ooh. go mm. and beat Baltimore and give them Especially the same Pittsburgh. nightmare last year of yeah. Week 17 and eliminating them from this from the playoffs. I think that Baker's going to have a big day, and the breakout wow. candidate will be David and Joku. That's right, David and Joku. Baker's going to fight. Baker somehow, someway, he's going to use that accuracy that he has. Greg Williams, his mentality is paired perfectly with Mayfield. They're going out there to finish this year strong. Playoffs or not, they want to show who they are. Baker's got that mentality that he doesn't care. And Njoku, watch for him. You know, you you see Landry and all all the other receivers. Njoku's going to make a big play. Are you saying, are you saying, hmm, what are you you trying to to beat Baltimore? Yeah, what are you trying to say? Nothing's impossible. My picks are tomorrow. I know. I was uh, he picks on Friday. Uh, uh, I'll tell you. I, that's going to change. Tune in to NFL Live tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. Any picks. Baker Mayfield's not apologizing for being there. That's for sure. Nor should he. All right. Just one more. Oh, wait. No. I, what do, I, what do you watch? I know. This is the way to interrupt. I'm trying to short the short guy. No. no ne- never. Uh, what are you watching? Uh, we, to me, I think in the last few weeks of the season, we've seen Nick Foles strike up a real connection with Alshon Jeffrey. Yes. Alshon yes. Jeffrey's re-emerged as a major force in the Eagles' pass-catching attack. And with the Philadelphia Eagles trying to pull out a playoff role, they're going to rely on Alshon Jeffrey. He's got 11 catches for 242 yards in his last two games with Nick Foles starting. Weird how he could not get those numbers with Carson Wentz yeah. playing, but has them with Nick Foles playing and with Philadelphia traveling to Washington on Sunday. And with the Eagles needing a Bears victory and an Eagles victory, I think they'll rely on Alshon Jeffrey to help get them there. All right, that was a good one. We want to skip that. No. No. All right, good. All right, now we'll say this. Just one more week for a small group of players to add to their MVP credentials. And because we don't play favorites on NFL Live, don't at us. That is alphabetical order, okay? We have no we have no dog in the race here. Drew Brees, right. Andrew Luck, Patrick Mahomes, Phillip Rivers. And Russell Wilson. Now, I wouldn't put it past us to get the alphabetizing wrong, but I think we, I think we're all right in this particular case. Uh, but Sheppy, I'll start with you uh, because there's so much yeah. at stake. Week 17. How could this last week affect the MVP race? I think tremendously. First of all, it's the lasting image mm-hmm. that voters have in their minds. So, if, for instance, the New Orleans Saints play Drew Brees very little against Carolina in a game yeah. they have nothing to play for, or they don't even play Brees at all, and they rely on Teddy Bridgewater the entire game. And if in that same Sunday, Patrick Mahomes goes out against the Raiders and throws four touchdown passes, when voters are filling out their ballots, the last thing they'll remember is Mahomes basically lighting up the Raiders. So to me, that poses a real advantage for Mahomes. That's a tiebreaker. Mm -hmm. That's a vote decider. That gives Mahomes, I think, a leg up in the MVP race if Breeze doesn't play. And the Saints aren't going to play Breeze no. just so he could win the MVP, no. the NFL MVP, for the very first time in his NFL career. But there's no way that that won't influence some voters' thinking if and when Mahomes has one more big day 
and they're going to fill out their ballot on Monday morning. Yeah. And the freshest image they have is of another great performance from Patrick Mahomes. Or if they're watching the Saints game and Breeze gets a quarter and a half. And those two, two or three series, he goes up and down the field, hits Michael Thomas or something, and Kamara for a couple touchdowns and gets out. All of that can affect voters. You're absolutely right, Shefty. I think Drew Brees is the MVP this year. I do not have a vote, but, but if I see Patrick Mahomes go out there and, and throw 52 touchdown passes total on the year, that, that's a number that's, oh, Which it's only been done by right? twice before. Yeah. And Peyton Manning and Brady, I believe they both won the MVP that year too, so it's hard to discount. So implications of the games, the philosophies of the head coaches yeah. and how they play absolutely yeah. matter. You know, and I'm, I'm just the opposite. I'm, I'm a Pat, I think Patrick Mahomes is a clear MVP this year. And I know, you know, listen, I, I understand Breeze has never won, and he's, he's had an unbelievable season. And, then, you know, it could be either way, however you want to pick him. But Mahomes has done things this year that are just – and you, think, you don't think that he's going to go into this last week and say – I'm going to put the icing on the cake. Yes, the Raiders. yes, he is. It was seating on the line. You can yes. tell the competitiveness in him. He's going to strive for the MVP. Well, by, the way, by the way, what happened last year at the end of the year? Todd Gurley came on with a flourish in the yeah. last couple of weeks of the season. And who wins the MVP? Todd Gurley because of the way he finished. It's sometimes a finishing award. Yeah. And in this particular case, Patrick Mahomes has the chance against an overmatched Raiders defense coming off a Monday night game when it's playing for nothing to finish stronger than anybody. Yeah. Drew Brees has had about five of these seasons, and it seems like every time he's just up against somebody who yeah. does something absurdly can that, extraordinary. Can that influence the voters? Brees is 39. He's 39. He's right. going to have another a- year like this. Mahomes will have 10 more chances. I'm a voter. I've seen Brees. Mm-hmm. I've had other quarterbacks. And I voted for them. And I've slided Brees because I thought he'd have another chance. All of a sudden, is it his turn? Do the voters think that? It's Breeze's turn now. Mahomes, you'll get yours in the next few years. See, that's, that's what we've been saying be about Breeze. We've been saying that about Breeze. Well, that's my it's, point. You know, yeah, you're going to get yours at some point. It's just, it is hard. It is. The, the, the records that Breeze has broken this year, career-wise, is yeah. it, isn't it completion, per, I mean, completion per, completions, beating yardage, those type of things, those all-time records, does that come into account also? But this isn't a career award. I understand yeah. that also. Not it's the, by definition. It's the difficulty the voters have. The flash right now, yeah. which is Patrick Mahomes and possibly throwing 50 touchdown passes, or the guy in Drew Brees that's grinded out a win. If you needed to score 45, if you need to score 13, you need to score 10, he'll find a way somehow, some way to make a play in the fourth quarter. What do you like? What do you like? We shall see. Mm. I'm pretty sure our new house might be haunted. What makes you say that? The furniture is levitating. Oh, and the ghost. Welcome home. Yeah, that's that's spooky. You know what's really scary? Missing out on Geico for help with homeowners and renters insurance. Geico makes it easy to save a bunch. Great. Uh, you're not sticking around, right? The party's just getting started. <laughs> Happy Geico Week. Call today and see how easy homeowners and renters insurance can be. I knew there's a chance this could be it. Enjoying the moment with one another. That's what it's about. Jolly old St. Nick delivers. Watson going for it all. Touchdown! These guys never quit. Playoff hopes remain alive. We're probably the only ones in this room that counted us out. Touchdown, Cowboys! We knew exactly what we had. You were right. Then we can make as much noise as we want to. Caught the ball. on a guy. Got up and ran. Play to the whistle! This time of year, I think whatever it takes to win, that's what you got to do. Cousins fires into the end zone. And it's caught! Then I'm, I'm happy we won. Ball is out! Ball is out! The Saints have recovered it! He made the bed. We'll lay in it. Talk about rising to the occasion. No, I, I, I like our fences. Russell's going to throw to the end zone. How in the world did he catch it? He reaches up with one hand and makes the catch. Oh, my goodness. Well, we've seen everything. With one week to go, just one division champion has been crowned in the AFC, and that's the team that's won 10 in a row, the New England Patriots. As for the rest of the conference, John Buchagras lays out the playoff scenarios for us in the AFC. A twist of fate, the last time the Steelers and Ravens met, changed everything in the AFC North. Back on November the 4th, Pittsburgh beat Baltimore, Joe Flacco got hurt, and the Ravens had a 5% chance to win the division. Enter Lamar Jackson. The Ravens have won five of six, and now they have an 82% chance to wear the division crown. Where does that leave the Steelers? They have just an 18% chance to get in. And if they and the Ravens win, Pittsburgh's only hope is that the Colts and Titans tie on Sunday night. Good luck with that. In the South, the Texans have a 77% chance to win the division. 
But if they were to slip and lose to the Jaguars, the winner of the Colts-Titans would not only clinch the playoffs, they'd win the division, and the Texans would be a wild card. In the AFC West, the Chiefs have a 95% chance to win the division, which means the Chargers have a 95% chance to be stuck with the five seed. The East is the only AFC division that has been clinched. Stop if you've heard this one before, but the Patriots have a nearly 90% chance to turn their division title into a bye. They've done that for the last eight years. But just like the Patriots, no other AFC team has clinched a bye. And six teams are still alive for those two coveted spots. Only the Steelers and Colts are guaranteed to play Wild Card Weekend if they get in at all. But what it all boils down to is this. Who is going to get in and what will the matchups be? With one week left, our projections say that the Chiefs and Patriots will get the buys. They'll be awaiting the winners of Chargers at Ravens and Colts at Texans. And hey, when have the numbers ever been wrong? Right, Bucci, thank you. You got that? All good? Okay, yep. good. All right, listen, obviously there's a lot to, to go through here. <laughs> this is what it would look like if all the favorites win. If all what's the expected and projected all goes down as planned. All right, that's no fun. Now, let's let's divulge, let's let's move into some chaos, shall we? Yes. So start yeah, with this, yeah. Teddy. Let's just say for the sake of argument that the Raiders, who knows, upset the Chiefs. <sighs> okay. I, I mean, All right. that's why they play, right? Right so. here. Raiders to the Chiefs. We got to switch at the number one seat. All right. So that's right off the bat. Now, what if the Jets, and this is a big one, and we've seen this happen. It's been a while, but the Jets go into Foxborough and upset. <laughs> really? Let's play with Bob. We play the game. It's a playoff game. Play Jets beat New England. Texans go up to the two seed. So that's two major upsets happening. Pass go to four. First and wow. one and which, two seed have changed. Right. So it means no first round bye for New England, which they've had eight, eight times out of ten, right? Ten straight division titles. All right. What else? What if the, let's Con- see. You want to continue the chaos? Texans. And go to okay, Jacksonville? So the, yeah. So if the Jags beat the Texans. Okay. We're going major chaos here. So now this really changes wow. things. We got the Ravens now at the two seed. If we have these, the, all of these upsets happening, and the Chargers the, the one seed, get to the two, two seed. seed. Oh, yeah. that's something. Chiefs I mean, went to one to five. It's just amazing that I mean I know a lot of this is unlikely, but what's still possible? It's sort of crazy. Okay, let's and then, continue and go. Well, to then Cleveland. if you look, yeah, because obviously Cleveland can upset Baltimore. Baltimore. Then Pittsburgh, no. assuming they win, they get into the playoffs, but then. What happens? But then you're, you're you're going with the Patriots back at two. But then here it is. The Indy at Tennessee. If Tennessee pulls this one off with a beat-up Mariota right here, that's how the Titans, Titans at two. can get the number two seed. So, off. 0.2% chance, by the way, that all of this, all of this falls happens. this way. Right, Point two. right. That's right. But that means it's possible. You're saying there's a chance. So, if, <laughs> okay? I, were, if I were to put this back the way it was Look here, Chargers Master here, Baltimore right stream. here, and then mm-hmm. we're good. And this is the way it is, right? I'm pretty sure that's the way it's yep, been. that's it right now. If there was, say there was a couple upsets that, that the possibility of these happening. What if Cleveland goes to Baltimore? This is a big game, and then Pittsburgh still gets the win? Pittsburgh, that's when one changes. That's, that's it. how the Steelers yeah. get to the number four seed there. So, moving this on, then Tennessee maybe. These are two, these can be two tightly contested games. The Titans, the win-in, win go to six. Well, that's just a win and get in, and I would argue too close to call. I mean, you know, the even matchup for the most part. Yes. I mean, maybe Indy yes. has an edge, but especially with Mario to hurt, but even so. Any chance these Broncos can beat the Chargers? <laughs> no, nothing changed. Well, let's see it. Let's see. I don't think anything changes. No, the Chargers, no, the Chargers wouldn't. Yeah. Still wow. Here. Still the same, yeah. Well, let's go up here. Did we already talk about this too right here? Look, this happens. Well, yeah, if they beat the Texans. Texans. So what? Titans switch to three. three. What's interesting, and it's not likely, is that the Titans and the Ravens still have statistically, I mean, a lot would have to happen to shot yeah. at that two seed. But, here playing. I mean, well, a lot of guessing going on up there. A lot here, of guessing. Right? Yeah, well, that's what we do the week before. <laughs> the week before. The week before, the week before. Chargers back. Chargers there. Baltimore will take the Steelers out. Look, here's Titans the thing. There. If we left Teddy here, here. All we would come back at 4 o'clock this afternoon. Well, yeah. let's say 6 o'clock, Jacks. he'd still be. Over he's like Rayman. Like Rayman yeah. with okay. the touchscreen yeah. scenarios. There we go. Bang. I don't think. No. There. Okay. 
Okay. Here we yep. go. So you Here. see what you started? Yeah, right I know. Listen, I, this is not my fault, but but I will say this: you can, can play this, this on ESPN.com. Can this happen? See, that is the big one. That Bang. is the, that's going to well, be a huge Well, that's the big one for a lot of yes. reasons. I mean, if you're these guys, right it's, I mean, the, oh, wow. Right. That's Who's something. Baker Mayfield going to stare down though if they beat the Ravens? <laughs> he's, not, he's got nobody to glare at. He'll find somebody. It's all good. We're going to talk about Baker, by the way, and his leadership style coming up. Press coverage now as NFL Live continues. Uh, this from ESPN. Colts tight end Eric Ebron is on the practice field wearing a red non-contact jersey as part of concussion protocol. T.Y. Hilton not practicing isn't surprising considering he's only practiced twice over the past three weeks. Hilton said Wednesday that he plans to play in Sunday's game at Tennessee. Remember, win or go home. And center Ryan Kelly also not practicing, probably more of a long shot of Kelly playing Sunday at this point. With an assist from the Indianapolis Colts, this is a great story. Tyler Trent would be in Nashville, Tennessee. He's a Purdue alum and super fan to serve as the honorary bowl captain when the Boilermakers play in their bowl game. Colts owner Jim Ursay flew Trent and his family to Nashville yesterday so they could be on hand for the game against the Auburn Tigers. Trent suffering from a rare form of bone cancer that is now in its terminal stage. Adam Schefter joins us now from the Domino's pregame HQ and the Titans host the Colts. Adam, in Sunday night in Nashville, what's the latest you're hearing about quarterback Marcus Mariota? Well, he hasn't practiced. He has said, Wendy, that he's optimistic that he'll play on Sunday night in what amounts to a playoff game for both teams. But the fact of the matter is not taking snaps at practice, experienced numbness down his entire side. He's really struggled with nerve issues throughout the course of the season. He's going to try to practice later on today. We'll see if there's any hope. He clearly seems determined to try to get out there on Sunday night. Whether or not he'll be limited, we'll see. If he cannot go, they would obviously go with Blaine Gabbert at that point in time. And they did sign Austin Davis as a number three quarterback this week, which shows that there's concern about whether or not Marcus Mariota will be able to, in fact, play on Sunday night. And some big draft news, Adam, yesterday with Oregon quarterback Justin Herbert saying he'll stay at Oregon. What's been the reaction around the NFL to his decision? Wendy, there are so many teams and players impacted by this. There are teams that need quarterbacks, teams that need a quarterback like the Giants, like the Broncos that are impacted. There are teams that don't need a quarterback at the top of the draft like the Cardinals that could have traded that pick for more picks. It impacts the other quarterbacks who are poised to be in this draft class like Dwayne Haskins and Drew Locke and it impacts the class of 2020 where you're now looking at a very rich quarterback class and also the quarterback free agents because there's one fewer quarterback and of course it also impacts Kyler Murray the Oklahoma quarterback because I think that there'll be some growing interest in him as a football quarterback prospect. Well, let's talk about Kyler Murray for just a minute because he does intend to play baseball, drafted in the first round by the Oakland A's. He'll face Alabama Saturday in the college football playoffs. Do you think NFL teams are still considering him uh, drafting him despite his intention to play Major League Baseball? Absolutely, Wendy. And I think that despite the fact that Kyler Murray received $4.4 million in bonus money from the A's and he's contractually tied to baseball, there's nothing that prevents him from playing football. And he has talked longingly about playing football, if not both sports, and trying to make that happen. I've spoken to personnel people around the league who say they view Kyler Murray as a first or second round prospect. Now, we'll see where somebody decides to go ahead and draft him, whether they believe the risk will be worth it in the spot that they draft him with the baseball career that he could be having. But he's definitely gotten the attention of NFL teams and with one fewer quality quarterback in the upcoming draft class, that being Justin Herbert. I really believe that Kyler Murray has a realistic chance of, if not being drafted on the first day, certainly going in rounds two or three on the second day of the draft. Wow, interesting. Adam Schefter, the draft will be here before we know it. Thank you. Thank you, Wendy. Saturday on ESPN, the college football playoff semifinals will kick things off with number two Clemson and number three Notre Dame in the Goodyear Cotton Bowl. That's at 4 o'clock Eastern, then number one Alabama, number four Oklahoma, the Capital One Orange Bowl. Both of these games also live on the ESPN app so you can watch if you are on the go. Quarterback bingo. How about that? Every week we like to spice it up just a little bit. Here's how it works. Hopefully you know how to play bingo. But there's 32 balls here. Rep 
Is that St- Steve? You can't. Can they see it? Oh, yeah, they can see it. Hey, go, Steve. Go, Steve. Go, go, go. Listen, they, yeah. All 32 teams represented. Hey, like, Keep it right here. Keep yeah. it right here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> wow. Don't do this. Don't do Let's, this. This is coming off the rails in a massive hurry. Let's pick a ping pong ball, shall we? Or bingo ball or whatever the heck it is. It's our last one of the regular season. I know, Steve. I like the spirit. This is big. Big. What do we got? Oh, Chicago Bears. Mitchell. Not Mitch. Mitchell Trubisky, Steve Young. Yeah, I mean, this is, uh, we always, uh, every week we want to judge these young quarterbacks and go, oh, they're going to be great. Oh, they're going to be Hall of Fame. Oh, they're going to be bust. They're going to be, oh, and Mitchell Trubisky is the number one, one guy because he's very, he's a perfectionist. He wants to do everything just right. And that makes, and then also that keeps him from, uh, you know, I think a lot of times there's the artwork of quarterback. And then there's other games when all the art comes out and he's making all these great plays. He's running around. I think this is typical. Let's not. I think he has a high ceiling. If you want to say exactly where it is, I'm not going to say right now. But I think the Bears have a quarterback for the next ten years. Stop it. Let him develop. I think he's going to develop. He's got Matt Nagy's a guy that's going to call great plays. That's going to put him in a great spot. You're going to see the best best of Mitchell Trubisky over the years. Let it happen. I know everyone wants to go to the Super Bowl this year. Maybe it can. If Mitchell has a tremendous postseason. The Bears can go to the Super Bowl. But one question for you, Steve. What do you think about him going into the playoffs? What do you think he needs to work on going into the playoffs this year? I, I think more than anything, he uh, he needs to make the plays that, I mean, in other words, I, 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 he can't be too careful. He can't just manage and let this defense carry them. Mitch Trubisky is going to be the reason that they go further in the playoffs. So they go to the, they go to the Super Bowl. He needs to be the reason. And that's a spot that's not comfortable for him. He's not ready for that. But, it doesn't mean he can't pull it off. So to me, I think he has to be very aggressive, take the chances because the Bears, they're gonna, they might beat somebody one game because of the defense, but they're not gonna win two or three unless it's all up to him. Steve Young bringing his A game in the final quarterback bingo. I like uh, it. Look, I didn't, I didn't hurt myself like I want to see no, him I know. with his legs though. Okay. Darren, don't mess it up. I will not. <laughs> hey, man, you, cut my hand. Oh, uh, here we go. Right. Seattle Seahawks. Hawks. Russell Wilson. Yes, Russell. Russell. <laughs> That's easy. You know, talk about MVP. Talk about somebody that could win the award. I mean, I know we have Drew. We have Patrick. We got all these guys. What has Russell Wilson done this season? He has taken the best organization in football, in my mind, the most holistic. They take care of the players in a unique, different way. They seek ways to try to make sure that everyone's healthy mentally, emotionally, and then physically on the field. They transition the whole roster. The whole defense transitions. How does it happen? that they can actually be threatening. And you say to themselves, can they make some noise in the playoffs? Because of two things, this organization and Russell Wilson. That guy is magic. And what he's able to do, the best deep ball thrower. He lets that deep ball go with his fingertips. Most deep ball throwers grab it with a big thing, just rip it, right? Half of them are out of bounds. You ever see guys throw it out of bounds? You're like, what are you doing? Russell's the kind of guy that drops it in from Pluto, you know, and he's got, yeah. he's got the fingertip mm-hmm. kind of control. Most guys around 15 yards, that fingertip control goes away. He has it all the way down the field, 50 yards. He's a magic guy. I love who he is as a player, how he leads the team, and how they've transitioned. I can go on and on about the Seattle Seahawks and Russell Wilson. I'm not sure, Steve, year. that Seattle gets the credit it deserves for the way they build this team, 100% run don't get the this credit. organization from top to bottom. They do Number it their one. own way, a good way. Number one. They just – and then Teddy Pete Lum- Carroll with his new contract, so. Till he's 70. You're young. Yeah. Uh, who we got? Is this the Philadelphia Eagles? So I guess we're talking about Nick, Nick Foles, Foles in this particular Foles, instance. Yes. All right, guys, I don't want to be, uh, uh, you know, everyone's kind of half asleep this week after this Christmas. And I, <laughs> Nick Foles <laughs> needs to start, and he has won the starting job. Stop it. What? Look, everyone's so careful around the quarterback position. I grew up with me and Joe Montana. We went at him, and Bill Walsh threw us together. He mashed us together, and we had to deal with it, and we neither of us are toxic. Nick is not toxic. Neither is Carson toxic. So the fact is you can jam them together, and if Nick Foles deserves a start, sit down Carson Wentz. Start the season. If Nick Foles finishes strong here, start him. The guy is mad. Come on. It's unbelievable what he's been able to accomplish. How much more do you need to do to show that he needs to be on the field? And don't be afraid of it. If he wins, the, they get in the playoffs and he has a nice run, 
You cannot either let him go start somewhere else. Let him go be who he, the full measure of who he can be or start him in your place. But do not put him again as a backup and just have him sit down. Yeah. At least I, let him I do think you're saying what a lot of people are thinking, and you're just saying it out loud. I, that, I mean, let's just of, say it. Steve, a part of what you are seeing with Nick, is it just the relationship and the synergy, if you will, of, of Doug Peterson in the offense and his play calls and how Foles translates them different than Wentz? Teddy, 100%. Teddy, uh, to me... When, when, when Doug Peterson, one of the best play callers in the league, feels the confidence that he's going to get every bit of that play out, every, every, every play, that's what Nick gives him. Yeah. Very much confidence. Carson, he'll get a lot of them, but then you know Carson, he's going to get on his feet, he's going to run around, he's not going to, it's just he's growing. Nick is settled, and I think the full, what you see with Nick is the full measure of Doug Peterson. And that is really, I mean, you saw it in the Super Bowl in that Super Bowl run. You saw the full, why did they win that Super Bowl? Nick Foles and Doug Peterson and what, who he is with Nick Foles. It's magic. You can't argue with the results. Yeah. Hey, Steve, how about a little going away? A little, a little few moves going away? Come on. Teddy, let me see something. Teddy, come Teddy, on. give me something. No. Yeah, Daddy, 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 I, I've seen Darren's move. Darren's Keep it tight. Don't do it, Steve. Don't do it, Steve. Do it, Steve. Do it, Steve. Don't do it, Steve. Come on. Do the overbite. Oh, no. Maybe Darren was right. Maybe Darren was right. Thank you, Steve. Happy New Year. There you go. Quarterback bingo, everybody. Bingo. It is first game against the Bengals that happens to employ his former head coach, Hugh Jackson. Baker Mayfield was openly critical of Jackson after that game. And then this, the stare scene round the world. Mayfield denied it had anything to do with his former head coach. Here's the quarterback on his own leadership style. Everybody's different. Everybody leads a different way. Everybody's competitive in a different way. Um, I'm not trying to be anybody else. I've been who I am that's gotten me here. And I'm going to continue to do that because I try and improve every week. And I have that same mindset. And so that's why I said a few weeks ago, I'm not trying to get anybody's approval. I'm trying to win football games and do this for as long as I can. That's the goal. Uh, and the guys inside this locker room know that. They know that I would fight for them. They know I'd take a bullet for them. And to me, that's what matters. I don't have to make any friends outside of this locker room. I'm not trying to do that. You know, once they're in here, they know exactly what they're going to get. And that's what really matters. I would absolutely agree that Baker Mayfield isn't trying to be anyone else. And I would also maybe argue that he, they, he's probably pretty popular inside mm-hmm. that locker room for bringing some of that swagger to a place that's been long need of something. Uh, but what are your impressions of Baker? Not only the way he plays, but the way... You know, say sort of what he, whatever else he brings. Well, a couple, a couple instances of you know the the awkward handshake, lack of hug with with Hugh after the first matchup, and then this one, the the sort of stare down. If Baker has something personal against against Hugh, I don't I don't understand what it would be. I, I have to assume that when Hugh was in there, he was trying to get the most out of Baker himself, also. But I think Baker is going to learn. In terms of you know having this chip on your shoulder, and it's only us and anyone else. He what he's going to learn, Wendy is. This coaching carousel door goes round and it round. It goes round and round and round. round, and round. Yeah, absolutely. And, and this entire staff that you have here in Cleveland, it may be gone. And then someone else may come, and someone else may come in that has possibly strong ties with you. And then that, because yeah. the relate the coaching relationship tree, it, it, it spreads out great. It does, and it's and it's a maturity issue. I mean, he I, is young. Yeah, he's young in the process. But let's just look at back how he's come up. I mean, at Texas Tech, he was a guy that walked on, had a chip on his shoulder. Thought like he should have been a starter. Ended up moving off from there to go to Oklahoma. Had a chip on his shoulder. Had to be the starter. He's always had to overcome so many obstacles to get where he is. This is what's made him great. This is what gets him going week in and week week out. Now, with time, like you said, Teddy, with time, he'll start to mature, start to understand the game a little bit more, and then understand how to deal with some of these issues in a more professional way. But right now, with my young quarterback, at the age that he is and the culture change that needs to take place in Cleveland, I have no problem with him right How now. How many yeah. times have we said that sometimes your greatest strength can be a weakness as well? And yes. he can polish that. You he know, can polish it, yeah. that it is serving him well, I would agree with you, that sort of chip that he's carried around with him. Yeah, but you can see the, the motivation factor with Baker is strong, and it's always going to be strong because what Darren's talking about and where he's come from. And if he ever has to manufacture something, uh, that's good too yeah, to have that exactly. trait to say he may not have said anything about me, but I, but I'm still. still I, think, yeah. you, I know you, you team, believe I can't do this thing. It was a team in New England <laughs> that had something a like that. For yeah. <laughs> your 15 points favorite. Yeah, I know nobody believes <laughs> they don't that. I know. Baker, no, they yeah, don't but you're favored. You. Nobody <laughs> respects you, Baker. <laughs> it's Keep unbelievable. It, Keep it was it. unbelievable.
catch at the 25 and gets into the end zone for a touchdown. Mack up the middle. One of the easiest touchdowns you'll ever see. It throws over the left side. It's caught. Touchdown, Chester Rogers. And he's going to be hit from the side and he's going down. That's a sack. Darius Leonard. The Indianapolis Colts, they may be the grittiest and guttiest team in the state. Uh, there has been no bigger turnaround this season than the one provided by the Colts. They're trying to become just the third team in the Super Bowl era to make the playoffs after starting one and five or worse. Remember, they have to beat the Titans. One of the keys for this team, Marlon Mack, who has eight rushing touchdowns since week seven, trailing only Derrick Henry and Alvin Kamara during that span. Joining us now, Colts running back Marlon Mack. And Marlon, in this case, there is really no other place to start than what's at stake this weekend. It's almost like a playoff before the playoffs, win or go home. What's that mentality like as you get set to face the Titans? Uh, I say just our same mentality, just going one and know. Uh, we started one and five, so we just try to keep that same mentality this week and just try to go one and know. Let's talk about that for just a minute because it's really interesting that you started one and five. And not every team would be here. I think in a lot of situations, you go the other way. You say, you know what, we're out. This mm-hmm. isn't working, whatever it is. What, what allowed you as a team to turn it around? Uh, this is a trust and belief in ourselves. Uh, we knew things didn't start right for us, so we did get down on ourselves. Um, we just trusted each other, trusted the guys in the room, in the locker room. We all believed in ourselves, and we knew we could get these Ws. And just once they turn around, we just got to keep it rolling. Was there a point, though, where all the players came together and sort of took it upon themselves to say, hey, here we are, and this isn't good enough? Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, we had a little meeting together as the players. Uh, came together, just told ourselves, man, we better than this. Man, let's turn the season around. Let's get better. Now, you've had a very productive season, and I know you've given a lot of credit to your center, Ryan Kelly. How important has a healthy offensive line been for you, but, but also for your quarterback? Uh, man, it's been great. I mean, we are truly grateful for those guys, man, because what we do in the field won't be out, uh, won't be without them. So we truly grateful for them, man. We thank them every day. And every time Sunday we get in the end zone, man, I try to tell them thank you every, for every time they get me in there. Do you get them something for Christmas? Oh, yeah. I got some. I got to get something for them for Christmas. Wait, wait. You got to gotta get busy. <laughs> I guess you have an excuse. You have a game on Sunday, yeah. so they'll give you some extra time. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> All right, tell me about Andrew Luck and what it's been like to see him return to form this season. Um, oh, man, it's been great, uh, especially for a guy who has set out all last year. Um, he's so, he's so uh, I guess you could put it, he's just, he just a great leader for us. I mean, you go out there, lead us. Um, you always try to make sure that everybody keep their head on straight when you're on the field when things aren't going our way, um, especially for a guy come back last year. It just, it's so different, man. It's glad to uh, have him back. Is he your comeback player of the year? Oh, yeah, definitely for a fact. Tell me this. You were drafted in the fourth round. You came from a smaller school, somewhat overlooked. Uh, do you play with a chip on your shoulder, Marlon, because of that? Uh, yeah, definitely. You always got to play a chip on your shoulder no matter what. But you always just try to go out there and prove, prove you're the best back out there and just go out there and have fun with it also. You have a new head coach this year. It wasn't uh, almost wasn't the head coach that you thought you would have. What's that been like, and what kind of tone does Frank Reich set for this team? Oh man, especially for the offense, it's just so much different. Uh, coach Frank, he's a cool guy. Always had to have fun out there, and with his offense, man, everybody can score. And with twelve back there slinging it, anybody can score. You never know. It's just crazy with him at uh, Coach Frank as our head coach. Let me ask you this. I want to go back to Andrew Luck for a minute just because we all have a we, – we, we get a kick out of it. Do you follow Captain Andrew Luck on Twitter at all? Uh, no, I do not. You know, you got – I'm telling you, it's pretty good. I, I, oh, yeah, I, I heard about it. Darius Leonard did his, it. did his best Andrew Luck impression when he was here. We might get you to do it, but I, before I do that, let me ask you about going up against Darius in practice uh, every day. What's that like? Mm. Oh man, Darius, man, he's a different athlete out there. Um, super fast on the field. Um, he's smart also. Uh, that guy be everywhere around the field, going against him every day. Just, just make everybody on the team better, especially as me as running back and my linebacker. Just make me better. You talked about Coach Wright. Given what's at stake this weekend, and I understand the win, you know, one and zero, all of that. 
But in addition to that, Marlon, what's his message heading into what really is a, a pivotal weekend for the Colts? Uh, I just say, like I already said, man, just just keep being ourselves and just keep doing what we've been doing so far. Don't try to make things what they're not and just keep keep doing us. All right, one more, I promise. Darius did an Andrew Luck impression. Do you have one? Uh, no, nah, I don't got no. Like, no maybe you're too I can't close. Do that. Yeah, you're too, you're too close. <laughs> yeah, I'm too, I'm too close. I can't do that at all. I can't Understandable. Do that all. We're going to let you use the extra time to, to shop for the O-line, all right, since Christmas is coming and going. All right. Marlon, thanks for joining us. Oh, we yeah. appreciate it. Thank you for having me. And press coverage now from Titans reporter Teron Davenport. Good news for the Titans. Marcus Mariota and Brian Arakpo returned to practice today. Again, a reminder, the Titans host the Colts on Sunday night with a spot in the playoffs on the line. Uh, good time now for a running back spotlight, if you will. And Teddy Bruschi will kick us off with uh, running back with the best matchup. Let's go to the, one of the best running teams in football, Seattle Seahawks. They play the Arizona Cardinals. I'm going to go with Chris Carson. The way this guy has been running, hard. It, it looks as if defenders are turning it down <clears throat> in the fourth quarter. This this guy runs hard. He's a tough tackle. Yards after contact, and the Seattle Seahawks are committed to this run game, and they will be until their season is over. Chris Carson, big day versus the Arizona Cardinals, Wendy. All right, a running back who may struggle, Darren. I got to look at Dalvin Cook going up against this Bears defense. You know, defense coordinator Vic Fangio is going to want to do one thing against the Minnesota Vikings, and that's take away the run game and force force the passing game to, to, to win the game. I guarantee you one thing about this matchup. It'll be a, a physical matchup. Regardless of how much the Bears play, it's going to be a physical matchup because it's a division rival. They'll get after each other, and, and Fangio will take away Dalvin Cook. All right, dare I ask. Team running up, back, you, yeah, here we go. Team who do you up, want man. regardless, TB? Who do I want regardless? I'm going Saquon Barton. Really? He can break some history <laughs> oh. to go 2,000 scrimmage yards. He's about Needs about 114, I believe. Something, whatever it is, he's going to get it. He's going to get it. Whatever it is, he's got it. <laughs> Love <laughs> That's watching the number. this guy the entire year. One more time, all right? One more time. Week 17, the one that I'll take, Saquon Barkley. All right, Darren, a breakout candidate, if you will. Well, I'm going to go with Josh Adams with the mm. Philadelphia Eagles. Yes, he's been struggling the last couple of weeks, and they've had his number. But this week against the Washington Redskins, He'll have a breakout performance. He's going to rush for he Last time these two teams played each other, he rushed for over 80, 85 yards and 20 carries. They'll feed him this, again right. this week against the Redskins. Uh, write a storyline, Mr. Schefter. Mr. Fantasy Football Championship himself, Derrick Henry, the guy that led many people to fantasy championships, now trying to lead the Titans to the postseason. They don't get there into this spot without Derrick Henry turning into the runner that they thought he was when they drafted him in the second round out of Alabama. He's been running hard. He's been running fast. He's been running decisive. And now he's got a chance to run over the Colts and into the postseason. Including the playoffs, the Titans 19-1 and when Henry rushes for 50 yards a game. That is throughout his whole career. So there you go. Listen, we've done the quarterbacks, running backs, pass catchers. How about... <laughs> the defense. If it's one thing you can be sure about, Teddy and Darren are tired of talking about those other guys. We'll get right to it. It's our defensive spotlight. We always start with Teddy, a defensive lineman to watch, my friend. I'll go with the Browns taking on the Ravens, and I'm going Miles Garrett, the defensive end, and I'm not predicting a lot of sacks for him because that Lamar's going to be running that football. It's going to be about setting the edge. It's about keeping the edge. It's about quarterback power that's coming at you. Seeing crack blocks coming down from the outside. Everything. He's going to have to stop the run. He's going to have to be the leader of that defense if the Browns have any chance of finishing this season strong. He will have his hands full the way Lamar moves around. Mm -hmm. Comes out to Teddy. Again, a linebacker to watch. All right. Back to back. Let's go Anthony Barr. I'll go with the Minnesota Vikings linebacker and how this is a big game for the Vikings, too. And Big job for him, whether it's Tariq Cohen, whether it's Howard, what he has to do, pressuring the quarterback, running down Mitchell Trubisky, who is a very athletic quarterback. This is another guy that's got to step up for that Viking defense to beat the Bears. All right, Darren, a D-back. I'm going with Eric Weddle. I mean, we don't give Eric Weddle enough credit around here as far as what he can do at the safety position. He's basically like a safety slash coach. He's an extension of Wink Martindale, the defensive coordinator for the Ravens. He's always in the right spot 
They do a great job of disguising, and he's always the one near the line of scrimmage, moving around, making the big play when they need to make it as far as the passing game or coming up making a big tackle. Eric Weddle is my guy to watch. All right, Shefty, somebody out there has a chance, an outside chance, to set the sacks in the season record. Aaron Donald is the defensive storyline this weekend. And, again, Brett Favre isn't playing quarterback the way he did for Michael Strahan when Michael <laughs> Strahan got the sack record. But Aaron Donald still has a chance to get three sacks. Look, he already holds the record. For interior defensive lineman, 19 and a half sacks. Now, if he gets three sacks, he ties Michael Strahan, three and a half. He breaks the record. All eyes will be on Aaron Donald. The interesting part will be if the Rams keep their players in the entire game. I know they have to win to lock up the two seed. But with that sack record, that's added incentive to stay out there. keep him out there. Play the whole game. Get the record. Get the second round. Get the second seed. Get the bye. And then rest up in the divisional playoff. Three and a half to get, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's had four in a game. No, he's getting it. No, he's oh, wow. He's getting it. Wow. I think they're going to set it up for him to get it. Wow. I mean, well, they're going to run some schemes Can you do him. that? Find, the, match- saying, yeah, find the matchups that you like and go at him. I think they're going to find ways to get him with that, that three no and a half No need side. to watch. Darren huge. will tell you now. He'll no. get it. I say no. <laughs> All good. <laughs> All good. All right. It's that simple, really. That's why it's a storyline. That's why it's a storyline. There you go. He needs three and a half. We shall see. Well, how about this? From ESPN, Cardinals reporter Josh Weinfest. Josh Rosen yesterday on if he'd like to see still Steve Wilkes return next season. I have thoughts, he said, but it is not really my place to share it, which mm. is one way to go. Doesn't sound like a relationship was formed no. by a head coach no. and the quarterback there. Mm-mm. I'd like support for my head coach coming from a quarterback. Yeah, you would. Wouldn't you, would. you? Yeah. you think? You would. <laughs> yeah. But you're going to have to turn elsewhere if that's the case in this situation. And by the way, by not sharing them, you pretty much just told us everything we need Rule to know. Threw him under the bus. Right. He is like, he's under there. <laughs> Come on, Rook. Backing up. He's like backing up the bus. I'm glad you could join us. We'll be back tomorrow. Have a great night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>